Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Watch Along Edition, we're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me, before we introduce our very special guest for this Watch Along, second qualifying final, 2013, Geelong versus Fremantle, Adam Rosenbachs, how do you do? I do very well, Michael, and uh, how, how's yourself in this fine week? I'm going okay, I'm going okay. Um, That's good, mate, don't really care. Um <laughs> We've got some big news to announce, though. We are very, very close to selling out our uh, our Warwick Kappa uh, Zoom Sportsman's Night. We only have a handful of tickets left, okay, for this fucking Frankenstein <laughs> experiment that we're doing, okay? So we've got 40 tickets on sale at trybooking.com. 20 bucks a pop for... Because, okay, the go is we, we're not going to book him until we sell the tickets just so we show that we have enough interest and the like. Uh, and also we don't want to hand Warwick any cash before the <laughs> time is right. Uh, and so, yes, head book, trybooking.com and uh, we'll get about 40 people online and we can do a Zoom Sportsman's Night with the Wiz and, and then we can record it and we can then put that yeah. before a court of law <laughs> <Now>. <laughs> and also what we might be able to double up chamber is if we sell the 40 tickets uh for everyone who buys a ticket you can get a uh, flu vax from ricky nixon yeah perfect this is mobile van yeah cool and also don't forget yeah. our patreon thank you to all the people who've signed up for the patreon over the last month or two very kind of you you can head to patreon.com slash junk time afl pod that is correct mate there we go and uh, and yeah, we're very grateful for all the money that you are. We are basically we're during these tough times. Uh, we're being um, stockpiling chicken salt, so that's <laughs> really where the money's going to. But let's get on to our special guest, Nerily Meadows, Fremantle fan. How are you? Uh, I'm dumber for having heard all of that, but uh, good to be with you, boys. How are you? But dude, don't you want to come and watch the uh, the the Wiz do a virtual sportsman's night? Isn't that everybody's <laughs> dream? <laughs> Isn't that why you got into footy? <laughs> Bless. Oh Bless. We got no idea. Have you in your that. in your travels, Nez, have you ever come across the Wiz? Have you had to interview the great man? Yeah, I've come across him a couple of times. He's actually always been really lovely to me, which is which is nice. But I think um when we did before the game together, Rosie, I reckon he was on that season. Um I can't quite recall. Really? It might have even been with, with Fitzy, but something to do with the Gold Coast Suns, oh. I reckon. I reckon you might be right. And I reckon, let me just uh, take a stab. And he said the joke, I love you like a brother, but I am from Tasmania. (laughs) It's very clever. And can I also say, though, because he was on the grand final episode where you did like like an obstacle course. I think you do most grand final shows at Olympic Park. And there is a leaked thing on YouTube of Fitzy talking to the producer uh, Adrian Brown during the kind of ad break, I suppose, and he's kind of whispering, mm. and he's saying, "80, the Wizards shown up, and he's pisses a pisses a fart." <laughs> <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's literally on YouTube. You can hear the audio. 
It's still not my favourite moment of before the game, though. What would that be? Which was? My favourite moment of before the game was when Cole's man showed up. (laughs) (laughs) So there was the year where I was the Cole's superhero and we said that... Oh, that's right. We had Jared Roughhead on. We had Jared Roughhead. And and Mickey, they said, oh, you've won the Coleman. And Mick said, oh, I thought... I thought you said the Coles man. <laughs> and so I came out and gave Ruffy a hug. Fuck, that's awesome. I don't think <laughs> I've ever great. laughed so much on television. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who knows me knows that I laugh a fair bit. But that was yeah. the, one of the most golden moments I've ever been a part of. So thanks, Rosie. You did enjoy it. Uh, you're welcome. You're what, welcome. Do you, uh, what do you get paid for that, Adam? <laughs> <sighs> Not uh, Paul Rue's money, mate. Okay, gotcha. Hey, you know, Nez, yeah. so before we get into the game, this... Uh, would you rank this as one of the best Fremantle wins? Yeah, I would rank it as the best Fremantle win. This this one and the and the following, the prelim um, yep. up against Sydney, just the intent that they showed. But that one was at home at Subi. Um, so, but this one was against all the odds. So it's Geelong up against Fremantle, um, qualifying final. And for whatever reason, the AFL decided that they would send Fremantle down to um, – I think it was Simmons Stadium uh, at the time, and um, but Cadinia Park, and uh, yeah. yeah, it was. I was angry at the time, um, as was every Fremantle supporter, because there was it was never on the cards that Frio was going to get sent down to Geelong. Um, it was never on the cards for any team. And then it was kind of like, it felt like because it was Fremantle, then it became a possibility. And that kind of really angered a lot of us as Frio supporters. And I think what a lot of people probably also don't know, because Fremantle's not, it's not exactly a team that you watch unless you go for Frio. Um, and particularly the way that they played under Ross Lyon as well. They weren't a team that you were, tu- you know, tuning in like GWS because they, you know, they were really talented and scored a lot or whatever. So if you weren't a Fremantle fan, you probably weren't watching them. But what people don't know is is Geelong and Fremantle's rivalry at this time was one of, I think, the best rivalries in, in modern AFL. And people might laugh at me because, you know, Geelong, Hawth, like, there's so many other examples examples but I really feel like that's a, a, a um, Victorian bias this particular rivalry Geelong Frio had gone on for quite a few years quite a few finals um, obviously there was the Scarlet Ballantyne you know punching the head there was the Carr brothers there was so much stuff um, and build up that went into this rivalry that that this final really felt like um, a moment in that um, and I think it was it was maybe a moment where the rest of the comp went Okay, we get it. This is fun to watch these two teams go head to head. You're right. It's good you let it go. <laughs> we still haven't won a flag, so, so this is it, mate. <laughs> were, were they coming off? Was that the the, the year that Ross Lyon uh, pulled pretty much everyone from the, the round 22 game? Was that this season? Yeah, I think so. Up against St Kilda. I th- yeah, I think you're right with that. Um, but, yeah, it was – I mean, Rossi basically had given, you know, it was a very physical game, this game in Geelong. And and I'm pretty sure it was this one that at the end of the game, uh, you know, the first, I think, I think this is the, um, you're quite brilliant, Shane, game. (laughs) Yes, it is. It Um, is this game. Yeah, because, because Zach Dawson gets reported before the, the, the game even starts. And there's obviously. Is that because of his skills? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, mate, what are you doing out here? (laughs) Fuck off, Zach. 
We're reporting you. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Yeah, you know and that was just the Frio fans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Get reported for um, uh, letting a little league player on the field. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, uh, yeah, the, I'm pretty sure that was this game where, you know, we've just had the greatest win in the, in the club's history and – um, and the first question that Ross Lyon is asked is about the physicality and did, did you mean to – and I, I hope that I haven't yeah. misquoted anyone here. But, um, but yeah, so there was a real physical approach to this game, but that was the rivalry in, in general. There was um, – yeah, some of my favourite games I've watched have been Geelong, Fremantle and at the, at the MCG and even last year when Fremantle were crap um, beating Geelong. Like there's, a, there's so many games that come to mind with these two clubs. Yeah. All right, well, we were gonna, I'm going to ask you about, uh, you covered the Super Bowl for ESPN, but I think we'll get that to, uh, we'll ask, talk to you about that after this quarter because you've given us a brilliant lead into it. So, Michael, if you want to count us in. For sure. We're going to do a three, two, one, play countdown. So, if you get the link that we're going to have on our Twitter and our Facebook and also at ACAST, A-C-A-S-T, if you Google ACAST and Junk Time A4 podcast, it will come up as well on there. You go to the 1 minute 25 mark when the umpire is just about to bounce the ball. And actually in the preview of that 1 minute 25, they actually show a lot of the kind of rough stuff that's been happening during the game. Well, because Ry- Ryan Crowley was playing on Stevie J. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everybody yeah. loved it when Ryan Crowley played on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. he was public enemy number one. Because I, I, just to, to, yeah, I was sitting in the stands and, and you know, it was... Great. The hatred right. for Ryan Crowley was immense. <laughs> okay, yeah. got the link up. One minute, 25, three, two, one, play. All right, so Nez, you said you were down there. You were obviously covering the game. No, so this is this is the quirky. Uh, oh, it's I kind of feel bad and and wonderful when I share this story. But I was really good friends. So I'd moved to Melbourne um, the year prior, and I became really good friends um, with a girl who ended up dating Troy Selwood. And Troy was involved in um, in the VFL, and as you can see, his his brother there, number fourteen, Joel Selwood. Um, yep. Superstar for the cats. So uh, I was actually sitting <laughs> with Joel Selwood's parents and all the players' uh, partners and and the players that aren't playing. So the wags. Oh uh, uh, yeah. So I'm sitting. You, you sat with Nadia Bartel. I was about to say <laughs> Nadia Bartel. Uh, oh my god! The fucking forget the game. Tell god. us about Nadia. What was she wearing? What was she wearing? Did she do an Instagram post? <laughs> <laughs> so I. So what would I want to know? What do you guys think is the appropriate thing to do in this circumstance? Is it when you're sitting with the the support partners, your team. You've the got families? Now nah, fuck them. Do do you like in in a and you got to remember as Hayden Ballantyne is taking a shot on goal here because to be honest, he he and Ryan Crowley like public enemy number one and two. They were hmm. booing mercilessly every time he went near the yeah. ball. So and he's missed. Would you would you rather? be safe in a place like Geelong and not show your support? Or would you go, no, 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 I'm proud, I'm I'm purple and I'm going to wear the scarf? Yeah, sure. I, thought th- I think the face paint was over the top though, the purple and white <laughs> face paint. <laughs> I would support but under, under my breath. But I'm not a very active kind of supporter. But I think, yeah, you're around probably 40 other people. But let's not forget there's also another 35,000 people around you as well. Correct. Well, I decided to wear my Fremantle scarf because I figured I'm pretty much the only Fremantle supporter outside of Western Australia. 
And uh, yeah, so I wore my Fremantle scarf in amongst all the players' partners. And well, can I ask you, with the game being down at Geelong, there would have been almost no chance for Frio supporters to get a ticket to the game. And that was part of part of the whole issue as well was, um, you know, the travel. And I think in the end they ended up putting on a special flight that got Fremantle to Geelong and not just to Melbourne and then having to travel as well. But, um, You're right. yeah, I there weren't they, many fans there. I feel like they might have chartered a plane to get to, what's the airport? To Laverton? I think, yeah. I think you're right, yeah. I think you're right. Or Aval- Avalon? Avalon, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And pretty much in and out. But I, um, yeah, it was loud. It was so loud. And and I tried so hard to be respectful. Oh, there's another one of the real controversial incidents that happened there that Joel oh, gets cleaned up by Zach Dawson, by Zach Dawson. once Dawson. again. Zachy! Um, right. See, the, the thing with Zach, in, in his defence, you can always say he's pretty clumsy. <laughs> it's mm. not far from the realms of um, from the truth. He was... He was down at Carlton this year in development, which just, I don't know whether that's like a make a wish thing or something. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, we all, we do. I mean, Zach, Nez, um, Zach has been a punchline on our pod over the years, but let's not forget, he played four grand finals. So yeah, he did. And Rosslyn absolutely, absolutely loved him as well. Um, but look, he, it was, yeah, so the atmosphere was very hostile. Um, Fremantle fans were feeling like it was very much us against the world. It was very much Ross yep. any, anywhere, anytime, all that sort of stuff. So I'm in the middle of, of the Fremantle, uh, of, the, of the Geelong faithful and family and wearing my scarf and, and trying – at this point, to be honest, I just didn't think we had much of a chance. Like they never lost at Cadinia Park. They still mm. don't, but particularly in this – you know, after this long year of, of the, the, you know, all of these greats of the games, the Corys, the Bartels, all these guys. So I didn't think we had much of a hope going down there. Um, and when it gets to this point and we're up, uh, I, I was pretty excited and I was trying not to um, fist pump too. <laughs> so I yeah. was trying to do it by my side so I wasn't being too disrespectful, to, particularly to, to Joel's oh, mum. That sounds big fly. Who was yeah. who was sitting next to me? You know, you you never want to. I mean, like, tremendous <laughs> pain. She she knows the ups and downs. I mean, you know, she has Joel Selwood as a son, but she also has Troy Selwood as a son. So she knows, you know, both yeah, sides well, of the coin. Uh, yeah, and Adam won one at West Coast as well. Obviously, Scott didn't get the chance. Um, the youngest of the four brothers um, with ankle injuries and things like that. But I do remember. That's it. So that's incredible to have four sons playing AFL level football and two of them premiership players. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, four what is it? Four premierships amongst them. And she is she's such a lovely person. They're such a wonderful family. Um, really, really kind family, really um welcoming and, and everything. So they they were very gracious with me and um yeah. and I do, I do remember at one point saying Oh, this is going to make me sound like an awful person, but I do remember saying, I know he's your son, but you've won three recently and we've never even been there. Yeah. Uh, you're, an awful, you're an awful person. That's okay. Did you, did you call him out for ducking? Did she say anything about his ducking? Drop your knees like I taught you, Joel. <laughs> Go get a blood transfusion. Yeah. Um, and how did know, the relationship work out with Troy and your friend? Are they still Yeah, they're touch? still together and they got kids and um, – Yeah, really? So, 
Yeah, yeah, truly, really. <laughs> um, That's a happy story then. So she moved down to Geelong. Yeah, she was up in Melbourne at that time, but she moved down to Geelong. So, yeah, it's absolutely a happy story. Um, yeah, so it, it was fantastic. Um, you know, they, they, they didn't win the day, but they, <laughs> they so won Pav, overall. Yeah, the Pav just has the ball on the wing there. So would he be regarded as Fremantle's greatest player? Oh, yeah, yeah. First ever WA base player to play 350 games. Um, when he finished up, he had kicked 11% of Fremantle's entire goal tally for the history of the club. Wow. Um, he'd wow. had more possessions, <laughs> more Brownlow votes, kicked more goals. Um, yeah, he he is without doubt the, the greatest Fremantle player of all time. And someone who's worked over so, in the East for a while, do you reckon he gets the rap that he deserves over in the Victorian... South Australian kind of areas? No way. And he, I mean, South Australia, yes, because he's from South Australia, but no way on the East Coast. I mean, he, he's, a, I think it's six-time All-Australian in multiple different positions as well. He Backman, forward, middle, bench, I think. Um, so his versatility is insane. And you really see that in this final quarter, the number of times that he, you know, he's deep in defence, mm. just almost doing that sort of goalkeeper role. I mean, he just wanted this so badly and, um, and and led the way and you know involved again there but yeah he he was an absolute superstar and you know could have done the danger fielding and gone back to South Australia if he wanted to but stuck with the club and never got the ultimate but this this year was definitely you know his his strongest showing as a leader and um and Fremantle's strongest showing for sure. What were your thoughts on getting Ross Lyon when he came to the club? Did you think it was a great thing or were you worried? I mean, obviously, you had a good record without being, you know, getting the job done. Were you excited when it all happened so quickly? They got rid of Mark Harvey and Ross Lyon came to the club? Look how skinny Nat Fife is still here. You forget how young he was through all of this. He broke his leg the year after, was it, I think, as well, and played through the final. Anyway, um, yeah, I I remember getting the text because I was working in Sydney at the time and I remember getting a text message from the Chief of Staff at Fox Sports News saying uh, Mark Harvey's been given the sack and and Ross Lyon is going to be the new coach. And I wrote back and went, ha-ha, good one. And... um, (laughs) And then no, it turns out that that, that was that was true. Tend on Mazungo, bless him. Um, and yeah, and I, I thought it was a joke because I really enjoyed watching Fremantle under Mark Harvey. He made a, a lot of um, really tough calls of um, into yeah to to get rid of a lot of you know Car Bell those sort of older blokes, yep, McManuses, yep. and and in came the 2008 year and, and a lot of those guys were a massive part of oh, this. I love this one. That's why we love Sandy. Yeah. yeah. Um, How big's the helmet on Sandy? Fucking hell. Yeah, do yeah, we I know think, why he might I be wearing a helmet? I think it was because he broke his jaw, maybe? Yeah. I think a plane crashed into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Twin Towers. One of my favourite things is uh, Paul Puapolo got in a fight with um, Aaron at uh, some game a couple of years ago and Sandlands was on his knees and was still taller than Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> I do like – that is the great – I think the greatest um, chair off of all time is when – I was great, wasn't it? Sandy, <laughs> Sandy gave, you know, gave Ballantyne. Like, it was just beautiful, this – the, almost like the jockey and the, you know, the big giant. It was pretty cool and very Fremantle as well. So Chris Mayne. Chris Mayne has just dobbed an absolute beautiful goal. That You really were in control of this game, weren't you? It's putting yeah. you guys two goals up, yeah. 12 points up. And this, this is the moment where, as all footy fans know, you're halfway through the fourth, a couple of goals up and, and you think, 
are we going to, are we going to do this? Is this, is this going to happen? And it's that real precarious kind of time where you think everything could go wrong or this might actually come true. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the hard things of being uh, following a Ross Line coach team that games are so tight that you never get that chance to, you know, sit back six goals up with 10 minutes to go? Well, and there go, are a few of us home. there in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, there's a, pocket, there's a pocket worth. Yeah, and actually at the end of the game, when you guys have kind of have it sealed, the, the Frio chant goes up and it's, and yeah, it's really, really loud. Yeah, oh, we've, we're very vocal and I remember the grand final that year as well. There was so much support and a lot of those people jumped on board Freo as well because they kind of felt sorry for us because yeah, we're so sure. inoffensive for everyone. But um, yeah. Freo's got quite a good midfield there. You've got Nick Subin in there. You've got uh, David Mundy who's very underrated over here, isn't he? Yeah, massively underrated and, and super clutch player. I've often said that I think 2013 – May have been a different story if Lockie Neal was a bit older than if if Lockie Neal was the player he is now in 2013, it could have been enough to give us an edge over Hawthorne. Um, but as it turns out, the conditions and our kicking on goal was just so disgraceful early on that we were never you really in it. it. But Fuck. um, but yeah, that, I mean Daniel Pierce as a player that I love to hate. Don't get me started on <laughs> Daniel Pierce. Um, Tell us about Daniel Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. Um, <laughs> How rapt were you when he came from Port Adelaide? Oh, I, you know what? I always try to be a real human being as a journal and I don't like bagging people out. So I'm not. Um, oh, I'm, you're a fan on this show and you're on the right <laughs> show to bag people out. Well, fuck, you'll never get a gig on Footy Classified then. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. That is very true. No, I just always got frustrated by Daniel Pierce because they would go, oh, he yeah. reads the comp for inside 50s. And I'm like, yeah, and look what he does with them. Um, yeah. You know, and he'd launch one bomb from outside 50 a couple of times a season and everyone goes, see, he's really good. And I'm like, nah, anyway. Once can again, I, don't get me started. <laughs> sorry, can I ask about, am I right that you weren't always a Freo fan? Were you an Eagles fan before you became a Freo fan? Well, mate, they, they came into the comp like quite well into my life. Yeah, of course. So, so what's um, it like in Perth, though? Like, uh, what's the percentage? How many would be Eagles and how many would be Freo? Still more West Coast. Um, but it is that sort of the more working class tend to go for Freo, the south of the, the river kind of thing. Um, yeah, I went for, for West Coast. So my theory with sport um, is that you can choose your team once. So I inherited West Coast, who still came after I was born, but only a couple of years. Um, all my family went for for West Coast we won what was it 92 and 94 before Frio were even involved or existed yeah. um so I yeah I was I was a West Coast supporter Stephen Hill goodness he has a wonderful final quarter mm. um yeah so I was a, a West Coast supporter but then um Freo came in and I didn't jump across straight away, uh, but w- we kept getting absolutely pummeled in, in Western derbies. And I just figured if I'm going for them in derbies, then that means I'm a, I'm a Fremantle supporter. And I basically jumped. I was the opposite of a bandwagon jumper. We were so crap that I started going for Freo. Um, so, yeah, I was given West Coast. I chose Freo. Um, and I've stuck with stuck with Freo ever since then, and and my, all of my family are still West Coast except for my niece who's jumped across to Freo because of because of me and because of the AFLW girls and um, Cara Antonio, the the skipper of Freo's AFLW team, actually um, 
picked Miller, my, my niece, who turned eight on this particular day to run out as the mascot for the Western Derby, first ever oh. Western Derby in the AFLW, so, which was at the New Perth Stadium. So that was like the That's proudest awesome. day of my life yeah. and she thought it was amazing. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. And did you So Geelong have, have kind of – I would say in this game, Geelong have had it in their forward line a little bit more than uh, Frio in this last five to ten minutes, but they just can't – can't do anything with it. They've kicked one point. Yeah, Still and you keep, 11. you keep looking at people like Luke McFarlane bobbing up, um, Zach Dawson. I, yeah. I know we bag him, but he actually is hes pretty damn good at, mm. at, mm. at getting there. Luke McFarlane, again, he's attack on the footy. And this was, you know, towards the end of his career. And he was just providing so much as well. And, um, and it's not easy. Like Ryan Crowley has shut down Stevie J. And that is not easy to do when you're pepped up on methadone. <laughs> But just look at the manic nature of this. There's just so many numbers around the ball and Fremantle yeah. just so quick to get up every time they go over. They're so quick to get back up again. And that was the way that, that Ross had them playing it at their best, that it was just and, that manic energy. And you can energy. see Geelong, Geelong getting frustrated too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Geelong getting frustrated on their home deck. You just don't see it very often. And also mm. you can start, it's about this point when I was saying earlier how I, as a Fremantle supporter, I was starting to think, Far out, are we going to do this? You can also start to feel that energy around the crowd of, hang on, we're not going to lose this, lose. are we? Yeah, and yeah. and I'm sure the players must feel that as as well. That hang on, we not just have we got the players rattled, but we've got the crowd rattled. Like it takes away that hostility of it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done a few of these watch-alongs from pretty much each decade from the 70s. We haven't done one from this decade. And you can really see, you know, in the other older games, it's kind of get it, kick it. You know, everyone's spread out. Everyone's kind of leading and the like. But this is the first game I think we've done where, you know, all of the players are in one half of the ground. You know, there's that real kind of numbers around the ball. Oh, you just fucking ducker, Selwood! <laughs> <laughs> so just on this, so Hayden Ballantyne, I mean, you'll notice how many times he's in screen. His, his engine is so... You talk about underrated players. He is so mm. underrated. I, I sent him a message when he retired just saying, you were one of my favourite players to watch live because he's the exact kind of reason why you go to the footy live for because... On camera, you miss so much of the work rate. And Ballas is one of those yep. people that you, you know, when you just go, I'm just going to watch this player for five minutes. You watch him and he just doesn't stop. And then you'll, he'll end up being involved in a goal, either an assist to Pav or a goal himself right at the end. And he'll be over on his haunches, absolutely exhausted. And that's why you love him because he just, he gives so much just to get involved in that one bit of play and, and you know, that, that classic player of you hate when he's not, you know, you hate, hate him as an yeah, opposition, but team. you love him on yeah. your team. Mm. And was he a good bloke? Ballers, yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's, a cheat, he's a bit like that sort of Toby Green character. Um, I remember yeah, I right. interviewed him. He won the Sandover. He kicked in the face. <laughs> he, he, um, <laughs> he won the Sandover. Um, <laughs> His dad and, tried to headbutt you. And gosh, <laughs> and he beat you up at a nightclub. <laughs> I'm going to keep he going. Hit you with a crush. <laughs> oh, sorry, he, sorry, sorry, sorry. He your won, face the, into he the, won the Sandover and um yeah. and got picked up as a mature age recruit. And I remember going down to Mandra to interview him, and he was working in a surf shop at the time. And um, yeah, he was he was very uh, he was always just very confident and cheeky and. 
Yeah. And, and does he have a wing named after him down at Mandra? He does because uh, Brian yeah. Taylor gets very angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think BT's got enough going on, mate. <laughs> so for so about this, 10 this points bit, up and there's Pav right there. Can we just there. have yeah. a moment, Pav? That, that's exactly what I'm talking about with that sort of last line of defence. Wow. He is yeah. Superman to get to that spoil right there and you can see how much he is just exhausted but he doesn't come off he looks like he's coming to the interchange bench he's not he's just repositioning himself like that is and that's exactly what I talk about with the leadership and and how good a captain he is and and was in this particular year as well because now it's like two on one again and he makes a contest of it unbelievable player and then another effort as well unbelievable like just these desire and and leadership and I mean that well, one. I think th- they showed before uh, that they. This is still a game of substitutes, and Paul Chapman started as a sub for Geelong. So I imagine Geelong fans would have been pretty uh, ropeable about that. Yeah, I don't really remember too much of it. I'm also Michael Johnson missed this game. I haven't seen him, and I, and, I haven't seen and him. It, no, it reminds me. I think he did miss. I think he did miss and uh, through a sore back or something like that from memory. And he was a really key player for us as well. That sort of McFarlane Johnson and the run that Johnson would give as well. But um, I mean, this is now stretching my memory (laughs) a little bit, but you know, so at this, this point there's nine, nine points in it, four minutes to go. Geelong have had all the play, but not being able to convert. So last eight inside fifties probably. And, and I'm sitting there thinking we just need one, one more moment. And we're home here, but it, you know, yeah. at Cardinia Park, it can go all go very wrong very quickly as well. Um, you know, a, a, a Bartel or a Chapman or these sort of guys get involved, yeah. and all of a sudden, it, it's all over. So, and I think too, it must be hard here with a Ross Lyon coach team because anytime you get it out of defensive fifty, there's no one to kick to. Yeah. Everyone's down in the back half. Exactly. So you know it's coming back. Exactly. Um, but it just—it was an onslaught, wasn't it? Look oh, at that. That's Sandy. a great mark from Sandy. Oh, Is we love big Sandy. Just what fans. he should be doing. Like he's eight foot nine. He should mark that. But it, but he does. He does all the time. He just rarely kicks it afterwards. He usually goes with the handball. <laughs> but um, lovely bloke, Sandy. So quiet. <laughs> just so quiet and so humble. He's probably not. It's just so far away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he, he just blends into the background. <laughs> So, so Nez, what would it have been like if you were doing boundary writing for this game? I mean, I know you're not kind of, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're not commentating, not barracking, but like, are you? Would you be able to concentrate, you know, on, on a game like this? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I think footy followers know that that there's passion, and they would prefer you to be passionate. Um. Yes, they're not genuine. Comes through, doesn't it? Yeah, and yeah. and it, particularly when it's a, when it's a team like Fremantle, like I said earlier, the number of people that that got around me heading into the 2013 Grand Final, basically saying I'm going for them because you do, and I feel sorry for you. Um, <laughs> it was kind of nice because I think I was, you know, Rove was was like the real high profile Fremantle yeah. supporter back in the day. And, and when he went overseas, there really wasn't a lot of Fremantle supporters. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I think when I went on before the game, it became a bit more, um, a bit more public and uh, yeah. So uh, it was such a massive thing for, for me, like this whole, this whole situation. And I'm, I'm getting so caught up in watching the actual game. It's really fun. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah, really Travis Varko absolutely screaming through the middle and uh, has turned it over to, I don't know who that player is, but you will. Um, I, I think it was Spur, but I wasn't really paying attention to that bit listening to you. Um, 
Oh, Zach Clark, bless him, ended up at the Bombers. Um, yeah. So they've just gone almost, you know, they actually moved it quite quickly when they needed to Fremantle, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And they were actually quite good at that. We, we oh. Yeah, you kick that and it's all over by DeBoer, who's yeah. now at the Giants, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, we actually, like that slingshot kind of footy, we were actually pretty good at. You know, Sonny Walters in particular, um, you see him on, on the other end of a lot of those sort of goals under, under Ross Lyon. So we did actually do all right. But, look, we haven't kicked a goal for for a very long time in this final quarter. So to have been able to withstand all the the pressure and the onslaught that was coming our way. And you sit there and you go, okay, now 10 points, that's hard. Two minutes to go, that's hard in a, in a low-scoring final quarter. But you know if you get one more, then then it's all over. And so just the nerves that I was feeling at this point, and you can see the people in the, in the crowd as well, just how they were feeling about it all. Like this was... Oh, this was just such a defining moment in in Fremantle's. It was, wasn't history. it? It really was. They came of age. Yeah, it, and it was the moment where everyone started to take us seriously in this particular season as well. And you got to remember, everyone called us a basket case for years, and this is the moment. Here we go. This is the greatest moment in Fremantle's history. Sandy taps to Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill just goes on, slots it after running stupid amount of meters. And that right there, I accidentally threw my mobile phone and hit a girlfriend. And before you asked me which girlfriend it was, I didn't know, but I felt very bad. I fist pumped so hard, my phone threw out of my hand. (laughs) I was so happy in this moment because I knew we couldn't lose from there. And I was trying not to scream, but I'm pretty sure this is the moment when I said to to Mrs. Selwood, um, your boy's already won Fuck you, Mrs. Selwood. (laughs) But look at that So that that is amazing. Stephen Hill has come... Running at speed off the bench. Yeah. The ball looked like it was going to go out, and Geelong kind of almost stopped, and he just snapped it up an 80 metre run and goal. Yeah. And, and a really good finish, too. And yeah, absolutely. To have the composure to do that. And he he played so well that game. And, and he's another one that he's been injured for so long. People forget just mm. what a class player he is. So many people talk about Bradley Hill, but Stephen Hill at his best is so, so special. And that moment was, and this is, you bring up the family, right? So my family are West Coast supporters, but they're closet Fremantle supporters. And my brother at this point was watching it in Sydney and his girlfriend sent me a video of my brother for whatever reason in nothing but his jocks um, jumping off the couch going go Healy go Healy go Healy like riding at home like a racehorse and I was just sitting there going you are a Fremantle supporter public consumption that's that's a good visual for everyone watching along at home but I know what Gibbsy looks like (laughs) yeah he does look like Bryce Gibbs that like that was how much my family got in into all of this as well and um yeah it was definitely people were very happy for me so we've got uh james kelly having a shot on goal and he puts it through so they've had quite a few shots here they've kicked uh four points i think in the last quarter geelong so they uh 15 points down with 30 seconds to go and a despondent chris scott in the box yeah, and at this point, I just I'm actually can't. You know, you know those last thirty seconds of a game when you know you can't lose from here, but you you almost yeah. can't believe what's just happened. And it's so rare. There's a few times in life that you get you get these sort of moments. And um, yeah, this was like I say, one of the most special moments of of my life as a football fan. Um, and I was totally. so grateful. Oh, 
so grateful that I got to enjoy it as as a fan and you love working on games but also just to really embrace it because I've never actually watched this is the first time I've, I've ever watched this game now being a you know one of the number one fans at the ground did you get to go down into the rooms now Geelong uh Freya I've just won it did you get to go down in the rooms after the game yeah how do you celebrate it when you're surrounded by 50 Cats fans well, here's the kicker, guys, and oh, that's right, crowds. Here we and go. Stevie J refused to shake his hand. You fucking dog, Stevie J. <laughs> Stop it. I'm glad Stevie Baker whacked you. Stop fucking, it. You fucking and now dog, he, Selwood. Now he's going with Joel Selwood as well. He's like, just shake my hand. Oh, what a handshake that was, too. Okay, so here's, here's the kicker, guys. After the game, I went back to my friend's place. Uh, who who was with with Troy at the time, Troy Selwood, and I was so excited. My family's calling me, you know, and I I obviously had to keep stepping out of the <laughs> the house to take these phone calls. Yeah. And um, a couple of hours pass, and uh, who walks into the house? Joel. Joel Selwood, Fuck. and you can imagine. <laughs> are you are you still got your Frio face? scarf on? Uh, no, I'd taken my Frio scarf off, but you can imagine the look on his face when the only Fremantle supporter in Victoria Shut is standing in his yeah. brother's house. Did you go to give him a hug and he ducked? No, I just... <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I just sort of... I went, oh, hey, hey, Joel, sorry. And then my brother called me, the one that celebrated the, the Stephen Hill goal. My brother called me and I stepped outside and I, I was on the phone. I was like... Man, I'm, I'm so excited. This is this is the greatest day of my life and Joel Selwood's inside and I can't talk for too long and I can't talk too loudly, but I'm so excited. And my brother's just on the other side of the phone going, oh my God, that's the fucking greatest thing ever. And I felt so bad because I was just a punter. But what I often remind people is that, yes, the players go out there and, you know, they obviously, they're putting in so much hard work, but they might not necessarily have gone for that that team growing up. So, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I often think that it, it's actually pretty important to remember that the fans have, have been through more for longer. Almost. Mm-hmm. And I often yeah, yeah, joke totally. about, cause obviously we go on, we win the, the preliminary final against the Swans, but then lose the granny to Hawthorne. And I often um, talk about the fact that I, I think I'm, um, I'm going to be the 80 year old woman at the preliminary final training going, I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so were you at or working at the prelim in the grand final? Uh, so the the prelim, we were actually, we had an episode of Before the Game and we all went out afterwards and watched it in a pub together. And obviously Limo was part of that and a massive Hawthorne supporter. So he was geeing me up. And um, and it was, it was the opening quarter. And I can't remember whether it was Husey or Andy because both of them absolutely would have said this, but one of them turns to me in, you know, the opening 10 minutes of the game going, oh, you, you've won this. Like, yeah, you're not, yeah, there's no way you're yeah. going to lose this. And I, I remember just turning Sounds around. Sounds like a Hughes. Yeah, turning around but, and giving them an absolute mouthful. <laughs> but you guys, you guys were nuts in that first quarter. Like, that was amazing, that pressure. That was, I think, I, I mean, I know I'm a Fremantle supporter, but I couldn't think of another game with that much, like, physical and... Um, perceived pressure in in a quarter, like particularly against the Bloods. So a team, you know, we played yeah. we played Sydney better than Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, so that was – and I think because with Sydney as well, there's that little bit of history there because we – it was I think in uh, 2006 when West Coast won the flag that Frio couldn't – Frio couldn't beat Sydney, but we kept beating Adelaide. Sydney couldn't beat West Coast and we kept beating West Coast. So it was this weird thing and it was only that we came against Sydney in the prelim and not one of the others. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to beat them in, in that prelim and, and make it through. And then how about the grand final? Uh, grand final was uh, a really special day, a really special build-up. Um, but... It was in weird, in a weird way because it, even though they came back late, I think it felt like it was all over early when we when we missed those because it was a really windy day. We'd played at the G, I think, twice that year. Um, so dealing with those conditions, it was, you know, really not ideal. Uh, I think it was five Mzungu uh, missed set shots um, early on and, and so I felt like we were never really in it. And I think in a weird way that sort of calmed my nerves early um, because I, I just kind of thought, oh, well, when, when this isn't our day. Um, and then we got back in it late with Pav. Um, and I think there's that story of Luke Hodgett uh, at, th- at, at half halftime. Time, yeah, something like, saying, I, I hope they I kick hope, the next three goals or something. Yeah, Exactly. I hope they kick the next three goals. <laughs> and and, and all his teammates looking, going, mate, what? <laughs> are you doing and then and then we came out and kicked the next three goals and Hodgie was like oh shit what have I done um but he was basically saying like I want him to come at us because I want us to you know we'll be fine have a good win yeah. yeah and uh and as it turns out I think we got within 10 points once again I've never watched that game on television I only watched it live that day um but yeah it was it was pretty devastating um and I think it was only really what like when you sort of look back at the score and things like that, that you realize just how close it was on the day. I don't, I think I'd sort of given up hope pretty early. Um, yeah. It was only yeah, 15 I, points in the end. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was close in the end because we, we did kick those first three goals in the second half, but yeah, I, it's hard. Cause I want to, I want to get back there and we're, we're sort of not even close to it at, at the moment. But as I say, I feel like if we had a lucky, you know, an established lucky Neil or, because Fife, even that skinny, was still pretty bloody good. Um, yeah, I feel like maybe, but, you know, it is what it is and Hawthorne did what Hawthorne does. Cunts. Now, <laughs> you uh, were lucky enough this year for ESPN Australia to cover one of the greatest Super Bowls of the modern era. So uh, talk, us, talk us through that. How, how, was, how did that compare to the AFL Grand Final? Yeah, so... Uh, I loved, I mean, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. The whole party atmosphere, particularly because I got to go to Miami. I mean, insane. There's like 500 metres of dedicated purpose-built sets um, along the beach, not even where the stadium is, but along the beach just to build up throughout the week. They closed down the street. We were getting police escorts to our TV set along the beach. Like It was just insane levels of... how far out of Miami is Hard Rock uh, Stadium? Quite a drive. So it's about um, okay. 40 minutes, no traffic. So, um, yeah, yeah right, okay. Super Bowl day, you had to get there hours, hours, hours earlier. 
Um, Which seems to be quite common with American stadiums, aren't they? They're not like ours where they're in the city. Like even in Boston, I went to Gillette Stadium and that's a good 40, 45 minutes yeah, on the train. It's more of that sort of ANZ Stadium in Sydney vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cowboy, Dallas Cowboys Stadium's not in Dallas. <laughs> it's in, AT&T, yeah. It's in, it's in Arlington. Fort Worth. Arlington. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so it was it was an absolutely phenomenal experience, one of the greatest of my life. Um, and and as you said, the game, the build up, it was all about Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you know the fact that it was Chiefs and 49ers, There was there was droughts in both, so there was really good, um, hearty sort of sports stories to sink your se- sink your teeth into. But Patrick yeah. Mahomes, I mean, everyone was sort of saying he he's the best ever. He is the best we've ever seen, and. You sort of sit there going, how can you say that about someone that young? But, mm. you know, he really is. If anyone's had the opportunity to watch him or watch his highlight reel, the things that he does in the moments that he does them in is it really is insane. And, and NFL Films does some unbelievable breakdowns of, of those big moments and just how much actual, you know, footy nous goes into those moments. Um, Did you get to interview Mahomes at all? No, I didn't, unfortunately. I was more sort of interviewing, you know, Aussies involved. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Mitch Wisnowski and those sorts. But, um, yeah, it was he, – he's – I mean, he's pretty unassuming sort of bloke as well. <laughs> like, he's not that big. Yeah. He's not that, you know – he doesn't have all that much presence about him. But he just makes the massive plays and the moments that matter. And, and I say that NFL Films did, did a, um, a piece on, on the particular – um, play that he pulled off to essentially Wasp. W- w- yeah, win them the game. And I ended up sharing that clip with a couple of AFL coaches because I thought it was such a good example of of owning the moment and, and owning the moment in a big space and, and having the belief in your teammates and Ging them up and, and all those sorts of things that, you know, sound a bit cliche but actually really do matter when it comes down to it. And I sent it to a couple of AFL coaches who were like, Definitely showing this to the boys. Thank you so much because yeah. it was such a good example of it. And how did their halftime sprint compare to our halftime sprint? <laughs> did they have, uh, did they have taxi drivers as well? Shakira in the halftime <laughs> yeah, yeah, sprint. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything though? Are there one or two things that you notice that you go, "Oh, that would be really cool at the grand final." Like, do you know what? I, I want to flip it around because I feel like this is what everyone always does. There's a couple of things that I think that we do yeah. better. Yeah. One is the parade the day before. I think it's really mm-hmm. cool. The access to, to the, the, the fans get to the players. I know in America, the security perhaps is a bit of, bit more of an issue for those sorts of things. But um, the, you know, having that, that access for fans is really cool. And I remember going to the, the, the grand final parade as a kid and loved it. Um, and it's the same thing as an adult. It's one of my favorite days of the year. The other, the other couple of things that I think the AFL does so much better, and once again, probably a lot of it comes down to security and, and also corporate side of things, but we have those moments in AFL straight afterwards where it, whether it's, you know, Croft saying, you know, it's what I'm talking about, or Paul Roos going, here it is, you know, whereas – it's the owners that get more involved in, yeah. in NFL. Mm-hmm. I've always and, found and it to be like a bit of a shitty presentation at the end. Yeah, they kind of just and, hang and it over to a billionaire and you go, oh. Yeah, and so there were, there were people there. The Chiefs hadn't won for 50 years. There were people there that had spent $25,000 to be at this game. And you win the game. And then other than the confetti, there's no moment for the fans. The crowd just kind of peters out. Nowhere to go to, yeah, there, right. There's no lap of honour. There's no presenting of the cup. There's no 
And yeah. and I think of all my favourite photos from Grand Final Day, are, you know, Brian Lake doing snow angels in the confetti <laughs> with his kids, um, you know, Cameron Mooney in, in, with a cup in the crowd, you know, and, and in the NRL it's, it's the same thing as well. Those moments where the fans are almost become part of the celebrations and they just don't get that in the NFL. And once again, I know security and all that, but I think that's such a precious part of Australian sports culture that we should never, ever underestimate that lap of honour moment. Two-prong question for you. Um, obviously, the fa- a lot of fans do travel to the game. How well represented are they at the game or is it a lot of corporates? And two, do you think that the way that they travel around there means that in Australia we could easily have a grand final in a different state? Yeah, I think we could easily have a grand final in a different state. I do love the MCG though, and I am a bit of a traditionalist with those sort of things. Um, but it's hard to say because it's much like, you know, at the AFL grand final, whether you, you're... It's corporates. It's corporates, but but you wouldn't know it as an outsider, like because everyone yeah, tends true. to pick colours for that day. So. Yeah. And, and I, so I wouldn't assume to know as a, as an outsider coming in. Um, and also 49ers and Chiefs have pretty similar colours anyway. So you're walking in yeah, and there's yeah. just a lot of red kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to answer that. Um, but it was definitely like, it was pretty cool. And it was that really American kind of culture of really embracing and, you know, the, the banter before the game of burning shirts and, you know, the, the exchanges between like, that was really, really fun to, to soak all of that up. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll get you back in a few months' time to watch the last quarter of the 2013 Grand Final. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just the presentation. <laughs> but thanks so much, Nick. It's very kind of I, end. Great. I, and thought you were gonna, I thought you were going to say we'll get you back in a few months' time to watch round two of the 2020 <laughs> yeah, well, season. Yeah. yeah. But we actually, can do that as well. And really awesome insight too about, you know, life and times as a Fremantle fan, you know. Uh, it's uh, very kind of you to join us. Uh, f- don't forget, folks, and there's – I know you – you mock, but you're going to want to be part of it. The Warwick Kappa Virtual <laughs> Sportsman's Night. Yeah. Tickets on sale, yeah. trybooking.com. Just type in Junk Time Kappa. We've put it in there kind of on the sly, I suppose, so, you know, people can't really from the outside world find it. Junk Time Kappa. And, uh, and yes, and th- there are only a handful of tickets left, so um, we... We're pretty much, it's pretty much going to happen, people. We just need the last few to, to jump on board, and it's going to be interesting. Yeah, we're going to hit the road. Thank you, Ariel Meadows. Go help. Go Blues.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 